everyone, welcome to episode 59 of Formidable Opponents, a show that pits three people who have known each other virtually their entire lives in a series of conversations as we argue what is best in a variety of fun, engaging, and critical pop culture topics we all debate about. I'm Randall, and with me as always, Bob and Joseph, and this week's topic is Best Metallica Song. Formidable Opponents is being timely with this one, especially with a Stranger Things connection. It was either this or best Kate Bush song. By the way, this woman's work far superior than running up that hill, criminally overlooked. Metallica was formed in Los Angeles in 1981 and still going strong. Sold out concerts, a maintained yet ever evolving sound, a loyal fan base, the career, the accolades, the longevity. Metallica is proof that persistence and belief mixed with talent can take you where you want to go. Listen, no matter what you think the direction the band took, the majority of the fans stayed loyal. New fans found an appreciation for their classic hits. They've overcome band turmoil, death. They documented their counseling sessions, lineup changes, James Hetfield skateboard injuries, and having to listen to Lars Ulrich leading interviews. 10 studio albums, four live albums, 12 video albums, a cover album, 37 singles, 39 music videos, and nine Grammy Awards. Rebounding from that loss to Jethro Tull for the first ever metal Grammy in 1989. This week, formidable opponents debate best Metallica song. Bob Joseph, give me fuel, give me fire, and whatever the hell else he mumbles. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's going oh, on, man? Guys? This is a long time coming. I can't yeah. wait. Yes. been waiting for this show for a very, very long time. Thanks a lot, Stranger Things. I know you, some of you all may think it might be taking advantage of the situation, but no, this is something we've been talking about for a long time. I guess uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while. We figured it's this, you know, the time should be now. It's it, it is something that we're very passionate about. So let's fucking do it. Let's bring. Yeah, it. this Absolutely. is part of our summer sanitarium Ooh, tour. Yeah. No, that's more that's more Randy Savage. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Snap it to a slim gym, baby. So guys, let's get right to it. What was your introduction to Metallica? Do you all have a Metallica story? One of the first albums I got from Metallica was the Load album. My cousin Kenny, who's, who's a big listener, uh, he gave me the Load album for Christmas. And me and one of my best friends, Danny, we, we listened to that album religiously. This is back when we were kids where we'd stay up all night, play video games, and we would jam out to this Metallica CD. And I, I think we heard it over and over and over again. We heard it so goddamn much that it was, it was scratched up. It was beat up. And I remember telling Joseph one of Danny's favorite songs was Hero of the Day. And... There was a little scratch or like a little, there was a little something on it that, that was preventing us from hearing Hero of the Day. So we, you know, we did what everybody else used to do back in the day. We tried to clean it with our t-shirts so well and, and uh, we ended up cleaning it up and it put it on and it worked. And I remember being so fucking fired up for that song. Hero of the Day was one of my, my favorite ones from that album. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to finish her. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like, she said, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like, like Bob, uh, I'm not going to lie. I know it's a, you know, but hey, we grew up together. Uh, I might be cliche, but yeah, for me, it was uh, my first introduction to Metallica was King Nothing uh, from the Load era, obviously. Uh, my brother Jaime, you all know, had had bought the Load album. Uh, not sure how he was introduced to it himself, but but Jaime had the Load album. And at that time, I didn't I didn't think much of it. Uh, I didn't listen to it. It, it didn't you know, register to me. I don't, I don't really don't know what I was listening to at the time. But, you know, one day I was watching MTV back when MTV was cool, you know, and the King Nothing video comes on. And a great video, by the way, and and I was just blown away. You know, the sound uh, of the song, the visual, it was it was perfect. Um, and so I saw at the end of the video with the credit thing that would come down at the bottom, uh, and it said Metallica, and I said, you know, what? Wait a minute, this at the time it has a Metallica CD. 
Uh, so I went in his room and, and I grabbed the CD. And at the, at, and at the time, uh, I had one of those boom boxes that had the stere- the CD player on top and the tape player on the bottom. So I put the CD on and I, I ripped that to to tape. You know, I, I don't know if you know how cassette you used to be able to cassette tape. Yeah, <laughs> I, the CD was playing. I pushed record on the bottom on a tape, blank tape that I had. And I, I put that on cassette tape. And, and just from then, from then on, I was a fan. My, my story is very simple. I was... I had a neighbor who looked like Eddie Munson and he had the long hair. He had the denim uh, jacket and with the Metallica logo on the back, the patch. And I remember um, going into, he hung around, he was a little older than me. He hung around with my brother. One time we were hanging out, went to his room. All of us were playing Nintendo or something. And I saw all these posters on the wall. I saw Slayer, Anthrax, you know, Pantera, you know, and I saw this poster Metallica and I didn't know it was a band because it sounded like who would name their band after the actual uh, genre they're singing. I, I thought it was like, and I think uh, oddly enough, uh, Lars had lifted it from a magazine title that his friend was going to publish, a heavy metal magazine. So I didn't think that was a band. And I saw, I heard him blasting. Um, it was probably Ride the Lightning, or, or it was, it was one of the early albums. And I was like, who is this? And he's like, it's Metallica. I go, that's a band. Yes. And I mean, just ever since then, I, I can't claim to be a. Um, that I'm one of the biggest fans, but I became a fan. And I know we got a lot of diehard Metallica fans who are listening and they're probably going to like, you know, check everything we have to say. So just to, as a courtesy, as a disclaimer, we are fans. We're not experts. I know a lot of people read best Metallica song. They think, you know, it's a bunch of maybe Rolling Stone writers having a discussion. We are coming from a fan's perspective and what the music and the influence meant to us. And I think Metallica meant a lot to us. Joseph. First off, I just want to add to that. Yes. One, we are fans. We're not historians, and don't ever fucking question my my fandom in, in Metallica. I'll just say <laughs> that. that. Don't ever, for don't ever say, question my hey, fandom in Metallica, uh, heavy metal, and in, in genre. These guys know me, and a lot of people know me, and they and they people would never me. listen to the, anything that, that I listen to. So leatherbound books. So I just want that to be said. All the people, because we had people with the Beatles one that were like, "Yeah, I don't know shit," but. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> we edited that out. We don't we're want coming, to <laughs> we're co- Jesus, I'm coming so with angry. attitude today. You sound no, like uh, Lars during the Napster thing. No, I just, but real quick, I just want to uh, add to, because I could talk about Metallica forever. This is how much I'm a fan of them. So yeah, my uh, my start was with the Load Era, and I know people that might say like, well, that's, you know, not really the Metallica. Look, that's what was that out at the time. We're young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. It was nineties. Uh, that was my first uh, CD. So my next CD that I that I, my first actual purchase of Metallica CD was and Justice for All. I was blown away. Like I, I I was one because it was different from the Load album. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was the first one you bought. And just for mine, my, my yeah. the first one I actually bought first, was a black was a black album. That was yeah, the second album, album I owned to uh, I owned uh, after Load and man, I fucking love and the, the and that's album. and that's probably why I'm, I mean I'm always. I, I love all the, the albums. I hey, do. Speak, even even Saint Anger, but I'll of, always be partial to those two. Load and cassette. Did you ever? Did you go to Walmart? I remember going to Walmart like at midnight to go get the Reload album. Do you remember that shit? Yeah. I remember asking my mom yeah. like we were still kids like Hey, you think you can drop take me to Walmart like it was during the summer like at eleven thirty at night so I can wait in line or my sister? I think my sister took me to Walmart like at midnight so I can get that album. Yeah, because Walmart at the time was still you know. They were well. They just don't. I don't think they do the twenty four hour anymore. But back then, once it was twelve midnight, the new album was out. You can yeah, go get that it. That was bad. I remember that for getting reload. 
on to our next question, guys. Not very many heavy metal bands cross over to mainstream rock. What were your thoughts about when Metallica did this? I mean, we we have you know just a litany of heavy metal bands like Slayer, Anthrax, Pantera, Exodus, Overkill, and my personal favorite, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. But Me- Metallica made the crossover, was still respected. What were your thoughts on that when they went less thrash, more mainstream rock? We had this conversation last night, and I think we, we had this conversation when we did the Beatles show. The Beatles kind of evolved over there. I know they had a shorter time frame, right? But they evolved with their music. Each each album was different. It still sounded like the Beatles, but it was a little different. Yes. I think the same thing we could see with, with Metallica. They evolved. They grew. They got older. Their music changed. And, yeah, you can say, oh, they went mainstream. No, they still sounded like Metallica. And that's what I fucking love about Metallica, that each CD or each album was different but exactly the same. You know, it, they still had those hard uh, thrash metal songs as well. And they, they may have had more, a little more slowed down, maybe uh, hard rock, mainstream rock, if you want to call that in certain albums. But they always sounded like Metallica. And that, this is like directly different from a band let's say like green day how how they sounded like green day and they're this punk band and then after their by the third or fourth album they were just different it sounded terrible it wasn't the same they didn't sound like green day anymore and i feel like with metallica they've always sounded like metallica even from even everybody said they sold out when they did the black album then they said oh shit they really sold out with load and reload and then they did death magnetic and people were giving them shit like wow now they're trying to get hard again or or, uh, you know thrash metal again i fucking love all their albums i love their music i just think that there's a big evolution with them they always played music their way and it's always sounded great to me exactly like i said uh, i was i was turned on to them in the 90s eras I, so i guess you can say that you know they had already you know done that they had already crossed over into to mainstream rock so it wasn't a big deal to me uh, i was just becoming a big fan and 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 i like it you know it doesn't need to be mainstream rock or, you know, a lot of what I listen to is far from mainstream rock. So I really have no opinion on, on, on this one, to be honest with you. Bob mentioned you'd, you'd have to ask those people that, you know, to this day call them. I, I can say, um, you know what, if it wasn't for this era, I wouldn't have gone back to the catalog. You know, so, so I mean, that's when I started. And like I said, I went back and, and, and bought you know, the third album and, and from there just, you know, kept going. So, I mean, think about it as a buffet. You take what you want. I mean, nobody gives Aerosmith shit when they have an orchestra playing with them or when some one of their songs <laughs> sounds like, you know, music from Italian restaurant crazy. If you listen to it, the, the background music, I think Metallica was so synonymous with that underground thrash metal uprising that a lot of people say, well, that was my band. I take ownership. And then when they evolve and they start getting bigger, then you know, the Johnny come lately's the casual fans start coming in, the concerts get bigger and people don't look like metalheads. They start looking like your average athlete or, you know, they're wearing polos or, or, you know, whatever. And then I think it's a bad eighties movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, I I think a lot of people say, well, you weren't with them or you don't know them the way I know them. And that's when ownership takes place. But the artist is going to evolve. The artist, I mean, I'm with you guys. I think the, the evolution, you take what you want. If you go to their concerts, you want to listen to their classic, their classic hits, they're going to play that. They're going to mix in their new stuff. So take what you want from that. And yeah. I know you guys don't give a shit about this question, Bob, but maybe, <laughs> but maybe you slept on it. I'm going to ask it anyway. What was your reaction to the whole Metallica versus Napster situation? Did it hinder your opinion of them? When you're young, and this is my opinion of it, to be honest with you, uh, when you're young, you're kind of, I can see how them and the young kids are like, what the fuck? What's the big deal? We're just downloading your music. I mean, it's making you more popular because more people are listening to it. But as you grow up, you realize like, motherfucker, you're taking money off the table you know yeah. what I mean? Like these guys work so hard and create these albums and for them to just sit and, and get dusty on a shelf because you're able to download all this music for free. So 
I didn't think back in the day, I didn't really know too much about it. I was just a fucking kid, dude. You know what I mean? With a computer. Yeah. Uh, but now yeah. that I've, I've grown up, like it, it was, it was fucked up and I can see how the Metallica wasn't just fighting for their music and their money. It was for everybody. It's for every, for every artist. Like they were out losing money. That's why you saw like, there was an era there where like everybody had to go on tour and tour, you know, they had the guys like the Rolling Stones still touring because everybody was just downloading their music for free. They couldn't make any money off their album. So what the fuck do they have to do to get their old asses on stage? So, you know, it, it, it's that, that's my opinion on it. I honestly, I, I didn't care. I, and I, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't, I didn't care what people said about them. I didn't care about the people complaining about them. Lars took a lot of flack for that. And it was like, oh, you're a fucking rich you're the man. Most man <laughs> you know, you know what? But, but like Bob said, you know, to be, to be fair, I wasn't downloading their music. I was, I still bought their CDs. You were, you I were downloading Donald and... Duck gets a blowjob? That was hilarious. <laughs> Donald Duck gets a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> Donald Duck gets a blowjob? That was fucking funny. Sorry, that made me think of that. <laughs> I was, I mean, I downloaded music, but I, I didn't, I bought Metallica CDs. So, but like Bob said, I mean, they, they were right in the end. They were right. We we look at the where we're at right now. I mean, album sales aren't you know physical album sales aren't aren't I really. Think, I think I think they're still losing money because like streaming services play them yeah. like at a cost, and they're not paying they them by pennies. the songs. Yeah, they just get yeah. They just like I, oh, we're gonna pay you X amount just to play your music. The Somebody thing, can listen to Metallica on, on a streaming service, you know, a hundred thousand times, but Metallica's only gonna get paid for their initial. But, cost well, with that, I think I, I yeah I could I, they probably don't make as much uh i think the thing they have the, going for them is that they have their own their own label now and they own all their music and it's released through black and recordings it goes to them like um as opposed to maybe you know some other artists who signed to a label who you know the label gets to cut metallica owns their shit so um i'm like what bob said like like they probably you know there's there's a price that they they probably don't receive the full credit but at least most of it goes to them i'm assuming Speaking of getting a cut, dude, I'm I'm drinking their Black and Willet uh, whiskey, dude. Oh, it's amazing shit, man. So they're getting a cut of that for damn sure. Black and whiskey. I was searching out Black and whiskey, their <laughs> Willet edition. I have their Willet, and then I have their good stuff. Go get it. Black and Rye. What's it called? Uh, Rye the Lightning. It's really Rye the Lightning. Yeah, and this is stuff. this is a free promo, like free yes. promo. <laughs> yes. But uh, my it. my quick points on on Napster. Um, being young and broke is siding with Napster, as you pointed out. <laughs> be, be, being older and no. having income, I understand Metallica better. At yeah. at the time, though, I will say this: CDs went from costing like ten dollars to almost fucking fifteen to twenty dollars. Yeah, sometimes. That's true. So that's it was. I I remember that because I remember I like I said I would go buy CDs and I rem- and and suddenly CDs started costing a lot of fucking money and you're like what the hell. Not just with holes, they went down in price. <laughs> yeah, like, like I ain't paying sixteen bucks for the Google Dolls. Come on, um, I still buy physical CDs, but you see what a, what a lot of artists are doing nowadays is they're offering you a fucking signed CD. Like I have a lot of signed CDs and, and albums because the artists are are selling shit that probably used to cost a lot more money back in the days. Uh, I just bought, I pre ordered, bought the new Lamb of God album. It's gonna come out. It's gonna be autographed. It shit only cost me like fifteen bucks. It's just like that's what they're doing now. To to they're they're and it's cool. I appreciate it. I like signed items, but that's what they have to do now to get some people to make you know buy a physical copy and maybe make more money off of it instead of the streaming. 
To conclude the Napster stuff, I I agree. It was an impactful moment in music history. And the way we consume music today, it helped to usher in the blueprint for the streaming era, how royalties are divided. And you see the impact with Master of Puppets and and how now it's one of the most streamed songs. It's on the Billboard charts for the first time in 36 years. And it's been As streamed. it should be. Yes. And we don't know how much Metallica is probably getting a few pennies here and there for it. Uh, but it was a seminal moment in the music sales industry. I think the approach was off. Maybe Lars was not the best person to lead the charge but his intent was heard and i think it was an important moment for an important band so i guess we could wrap that because he's danish he comes off angry already <laughs> he he's cool though he's cool i like him. The, the south park episode with him was really good <laughs> he, was, he was on strike okay guys last questions before we get in last question before we get into our uh our uh, honorable mentions uh who would you like to hear do a metallica cover which artist and which song uh at this point I've, there's been like numerous bands doing covers of Metallica songs. They they had that uh, icon special on MTV back in the days. A lot of oh. bands did covers for that. It was it was during the the new metal era. So yeah, so that was interesting to hear. Corn did a cover. Limp Bizkit did a cover. Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne did a cover. Um, Snoop Dogg did something too. I mean, there, it was it was interesting <laughs> to say to say the least. That's fucking cool though. I think that's. I, I thought I the corn cool. version of one was pretty good. I'll I'll say that. Uh, they had that Blacklist album, uh, which is basically the forty different, forty plus different covers of various songs from the Black album, and, and there's some good renditions. Uh, I didn't care for the Enter Sandman cover by Ghost, so I thought it sucked. Uh, and I'm a fan of Ghost, so that's that was sad. The Darius Rucker cover of Nothing Else Matters was pretty good though. Wow. I, I guess I'd be I guess I'd played be... to the sound of Rock Me Mama like a wagon wheel. <laughs> no, he actually did a pretty good job. <laughs> oh. I'll say that. Go <laughs> check it out. Go check it out. He actually did a pretty good job. I like Darius Rucker. Uh, and your boy Chris Stapleton did it too. I guess I'd be interested to hear the Deftones take on a Metallica song. I've never I think heard it's a good that. One. Yeah, I think it's uh, good. But but also um more so specifically, maybe Cold. You guys have, have been to Cold shows with me, so and you know Cold. I mean, I, thankfully, you guys have gone my to My room see is cold. <laughs> cold with me a few times. Uh, that's one of my favorite bands. Uh, maybe having Cold do a cover of Nothing Else Matters uh, or Until It Sleeps or, or Bleeding Me, one of the more mellow songs. I, I, I'd actually really be into hearing that, maybe. What about you, Bob? I think uh, I have the one. This during the pandemic, Post Malone did a Nirvana uh, live uh, yes. concert Excellent. during Nirvana covers, and I thought he was fucking epic. I thought he played the guitar really well, and he was, he was loud good. and and he had a good. I mean, he's awesome, dude. I really do dig his music, and I, I really like when he does rock music. And I think if he were to cover a Metallica song, I think he would do a really great job of that. If he did another concert based on covers and he did something Metallica esque, I think that he'd fucking kill that. I'm going to suggest, because this legend has covered many people. I know he's covered Foo Fighters. He's covered... What about Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan doing Enter Bob Sandman. <laughs> but I, would, I would say Bob Dylan doing Enter Sandman would be my, my selection. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. Okay, okay, guys. We're going to go on to honorable mentions. What are your honorable mentions? Best Metallica song. Oh, man. There is a plethora. I wanted to use that word. Uh, no, a uh, battery until Did it sleeps. Did you say sleeps. I have a plethora? Plethora of Metallica songs. <laughs> uh, battery until it sleeps. Uh, seek and Destroy. Yes. Enter Sandman, Hero of the Day. That's that's Danny wanted me to mention that. He's he's a big listener to our show. Uh, Sad but true. Uh, Sabra Cadabra off of the Garage Days. Uh, uh, I love I, I love that fucking song. And uh, awesome. Bleeding Me, Bleeding Me, probably the most underrated since it's so slow and so laid back. The guitar riff and little solo. I mean, man, that that song is awesome. What about you, Joe? This uh, I, I basically had to like write out like four songs from each album, but I'm not going to list them all. It's uh, his best song. <laughs> your favorite song. 
<laughs> I well, honorable man. I mean, they're all. What do you mean, best song, favorite song? They're all best, best song. song that's honorable <laughs> Give us ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, I'm not gonna go that. So I, yeah, I'll just like motor breath, um, fight fire with fire, uh, battery. I really think battery is a great fucking song. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm partial to the and justice for all album just because it was the first one that I bought. So I, I got blackened. My friend of misery. I think that's a great fucking song as well. Uh, and the outlaw torn. That song is so fucking underrated. It's, it's I, I'm happy to actually read that a lot of like even the purists that are like, oh, fucking I'm, it's, I'm all thrash Metallica, thrash Metallica, even appreciate the Outlaw Torn. If you don't know that one, go check that one out. It's off of the Load album. Uh, Fixer. I, I'm just listing favorite songs. So at this point, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it at tell that. You, when you said My Friend of Misery, that was probably that's probably my favorite song. Until off It the Sleeps. Black album. Also another one. Yeah. Until It yeah. Sleeps, man. Oh, it's this great. Great stuff. I've got Seek and Destroy. Uh, I got Fade to Black, which was my runner up. Uh, Enter Sandman. Uh, Joseph, can you give us Bob Dylan doing Enter Sandman? Maybe you do it. <laughs> Exit Light! In the night! <laughs> You're going to have to leave it in there twice now. <laughs> I'd rather you I'm do the prayer. It. Do the Lord's Prayer in Bob Dylan's voice. It probably sound better. Okay. Hit the Lights. Great bar fight song. Yeah. Uh, Di- Dire Eve. I like. I like Four Horsemen. Uh, shout out to Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Uh, yeah. Whiskey in the Jar from the Garage Inc. album. Uh, Last Caress, Green Hell, the, the Misfits uh, cover, which yeah. was awesome. Hero of the Day. I think we all like that song. True. True. And, and Until It Sleeps. Those are the ones I listed. But for one one song nobody's mentioned, and I, well, I definitely have to, we have to talk about this one is the Unforgiven. I know they had oh yeah, the great Unforgiven song. is probably a really underrated song. They had the Unforgiven, they had the Unforgiven two, and then they had Unforgiven three. Give me all thoughts. What do you think is the best version of that song? Oh man, Joseph, do you want to go first? Because I got my thoughts. I obviously love the Unforgiven. I really like the Unforgiven two. Like I, I do. I thought it was the perfect. Like okay, if they're gonna do a part two. It was perfect. I thought, like you know, yeah. it, it referenced a lot of the. It, it it had some of the you know some same lyrics, um, and I thought that was great. Slow down tempo. Um, fuck man, ah, I can't pick between those two. Uh, obviously, I love I love the Unforgiven three, but I would if I had to put one, two, three. I kind of want to say part two, part one, part three. <laughs> I I love. Unforgiven and Unforgiven Two. I think Unforgiven Three is one of their worst songs. Uh, the Unforgiven Three is like the Godfather. <laughs> the Unforgiven Three is like the Godfather. No, three. I we, just we don't I, need it. <laughs> no, I just I just think heart. that the reason why, like, even though I like it, it just it it sounds so different from the first two, which the first two sound similar. And I think I, that's why I don't like it. I think that Unforgiven Two blows them all away by a mile. You know, it has this like. The lyrics 70s, are a little more deeper, right? 70s yeah, style, know. like that hard rock, bluesy rock that the 70s had. I, I get that feel from the guitar and kind of what they were trying to do there. Uh, I little country, love, too. I love I love the the Unforgiven, too. It's 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 one of my it's my favorite song off of the that one. And uh, um, uh, Memory Remains off the Reload album. I fucking love that song. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Memory Fun Remains. Fun facts. They were actually uh, during the writing process. They were they were actually took inspiration from uh, George Strait. So. From, yeah. the, from the load and reload process, you could you George could hear Street. it. 
you could definitely hear it. Guys, before we go on to our selection, let's talk a little bit about our partners over at Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because uh, it helps me maintain my health. I was sharing with Bob and Joseph before the show that I've been gone for five weeks out of the house, five weekends, uh, a week straight. And then we've been doing some uh, fun stuff with the family uh, for the past five weekends. And I've been telling Bob, I got to get back on track. I've been telling Joseph, I got to start working out. And the Athletic Greens really helps me out. It's it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, it's gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it still tastes great. It helps with your quality of sleep. It helps with your mental clarity and alertness. And if you're like me and you fell off the wagon and you're eating pizzas and burgers and you're hanging out at the beach and, and having some drinks and having some good times going to ballparks, then Athletic Greens is your perfect reset because it works with you. It tastes great. It fills you up and it's it's chemical free. Uh, it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than going to that you know, coffee shop, getting your daily coffee. Athletic Greens is not only cheaper, but it's better for you. Check it out. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's Athletic Greens, everybody. And now back to our show. All right. <laughs> Bob and Joseph, we're going to discuss what our favorite Metallica song is. So, Bob, so Joseph, we're going to lead off with you. Best all-time Metallica song and why. I, I went with uh, For Whom the Bell Toes. Uh, a quick description for you from Metal Hammer Magazine, a great magazine, by the way. Uh, taking its inspiration from the Ernest Hemingway novel of the same mm-hmm. name, For Whom the Bell Tolls was one of Metallica's first pieces of anti-war commentary. It was also a masterclass in control and dynamics, a tale of medieval conflict made all the more dramatic and affecting by its author's realization that true heaviness can be better attained by easing up on their traditional full tilt tempos. From the moment Burton joined the band, Metallica began to appreciate that speed and heaviness were not the same thing. This song's opening riff is a tribute to the greatness that was Cliff Burton. It was it's often mistaken for a guitar riff, but actually it's uh it's it was his unique uh, lead bass style. You hear a lot more of this on other songs, uh, most notably on Orin, an instrumental masterpiece from, from the Master of Puppets album. Uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls manages to convey the epic scale of battle alongside the personal melancholy of more existential questions about the futility of violence. I just wanted to relay those those descriptions to you all. To, the, to you all and to the listeners before I gave my two cents. I think this is by far one of the most recognized Metallica songs. I know the same can be said for your picks as well, and I'm sure you're going to give that same description and argument. Uh, thankfully, I'm able to say that I've seen this song played live, and although it wasn't the opener for the night because they were in the middle of the, the hardwired touring cycle uh eight times out of ten this is the song they opened the show with i've seen it multiple times in concerts live on tv and whatnot it's the fucking battle cry to all metallica fans the show has begun get your ass ready to party and have your faces melted this song is so 
fucking good that every time I, I every time the bell tolls a metallica fan is born that's right everybody <laughs> <laughs> you hear you play that song for anybody for any newbie of metallica they hear the bell tolls and they're like what the fuck is this here we go and it so that's why a metallica fan is born uh i read a funny comment about this i, I just wanted to tell you i was on youtube i like because i was you know got to go with the youtube and listen and watch performances and whatnot i had to share it with you uh someone wrote I play this song so much, so loud, my neighbors can't help but love it. They even threw a brick through my window just to hear it better. <laughs> <laughs> and to which somebody re- responded to that, my neighbors loved it so much, they even invited the cops over to hear it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just, I thought those, that was hilarious. Anyway, aside from its obvious, uh, you know, power to push you through that last mile of your run, Randy, uh, or those yes. last uh, <laughs> three reps uh, on the bench press, it's the song I read about that most, you know, parents or, or, or old school fans introduce to, to their kids or young metal fans. Again, being able to see this live and, and hear the reaction from the fans and see, and seeing a fully sold out Alamo Dome, which was crazy. I, I've never, I've, I've never been to a, a, a sporting arena and seen a, a full sellout crowd. Uh, I've been to you know plenty of uh, sports games and seen a, a good, obviously good turnout. But to turn around and because we were on the ground, we were we were you know we, we had to be on the floor. On the floor. But yeah, but to turn around and see the entire floor filled, look up and see. I believe the Alamo Dome has uh, two tiers of seats. Maybe three. I don't remember. But mm-hmm. to to look up and turn around and see the entire fucking stadium filled, and hearing them react to this song, hear them all chant "For whom the bell tolls." It, it was. It's fucking powerful, man. And and that's and that's what I'm bringing to the table tonight. That was my pick. What about you guys? I think you didn't. Uh, first off, I I love this song. I don't think that there's any bad picks tonight. It's just like the Beatles when we talked about the Beatles' greatest songs. Not gonna be any bad picks. This song is fucking epic it is fucking awesome it's one of my favorites even better that it's based off of edgar allen one of edgar allen poe's you know uh poems which is is fan fucking tastic uh you can't get any more dark or metal than that i love the way you said it's it's subtle it's heavy it's dark but it's subtle it's not as crazy it's not as fast as far as the tempo goes uh but it still gets you 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 bobbing your head and, and and you know drumming on your on your steering wheel and and it's a really pump up song. I always think of uh, what were we talking about last night? I was talking about um, Zombie Land, like how that's a yes. badass opening the, scene. The beginning opening. I think it's I think it's cool as shit. The only thing I'm only gonna have one argument against it, and that's because I loved, I absolutely love the song. This is almost my pick as well. There's no guitar solo. I wish there was a guitar solo. I'm so in, in, infatuated with with Kirk Hammond and, and his his guitar solo play that I wish. They had come up with something for this one. Not that, not that it needs it, but I wish they had. I love this song, but uh, that's that's my take on it, man. I, 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 this is a definitely fire you up, uh, lift weights type of song. Joseph, you're absolutely right. I I used this song for my last mile. I I went Metall- <laughs> Metallica the last mile. I was telling you guys how great I felt during my run, and then afterwards I felt like shit. So I went from from whom the bell toes to Athletic Greens to Athletic Greens, <laughs> and then I started listening to When the Children Cry by White Lion because I was I felt like shit. But it, this Ooh. is a great this is a great song. Let me start off with a compliment. And as a man who's graded his fair share of bad grammatical college term papers, I appreciate Metallica using the correct usage of whom. So credit to them uh, and all the English professors out there. We get it. We get it. Doctor, we get it. (laughs) This is a killer entrance 
song for a fighter. I think it's an amazing, if you're a fighter, wrestler, boxer, whatever, this is a song to come out to. And maybe it's just a title, but it reminded me a little bit of Hell's Bells. And and on the streaming service that I was, the algorithm, the next song was Hell's Bells. I enjoyed the pairing. A uh, Good job by Apple. Napster would have paired it up with What's My Age Again or something like that. But the fact that, you know, Apple paired this up with Hell's Bells right afterwards was was a great touch. I, I really enjoy listening to That's a great sort of like... Uh, uh, duo song to have with that song and I love listening to both those songs when I listen to this song I feel like a little sorcerer or a warlock replete <laughs> with a staff and fucked Willow. up long, <laughs> fucked up long black fingernails is telling me about a story about getting ready for war by the rocky mountainside and I'm ready for battle but he just won't shut the fuck up but I mean it's it's a great it's a great uh, uh, visual that I had nice drum fills by Lars uh, it's a top 10 Metallica song for me no hate clean safe Metallica song I think a lot of people love the song as a war cry no fault of the song, but our rock station, and you guys remember this, our rock station had this, they didn't have very many Metallica songs on heavy rotation. This was one of the songs that they had. So it would fuck it up. I talked about pairing it with Hell's Bells, which was great. But when we would listen to this song back at our hometown, it would be like, yeah, you know, from whom the bells tell. And what would be the next fucking song? It would be like Abracadabra by Steve Miller Band or some shit like that. Totally fucked up our high. <laughs> I want right? to reach out and grab you. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to that guy we lost him okay so good song but for all the riffs the guitar duels and all the uh, musical experiments metallica has delved in this was a very straightforward song for them like bob said no guitar solo but a lot of people like uh you know the quickness and the the i guess the i guess the momentum this song brings and that's what i like about it. great opening song so it's it's ironic that you did the opening pick because this is a great song to open with not gonna lie yeah I think it opens up really well. I like the parallels that you 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 brought up, Randy, with 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 ACDC and Hell's Bells, and I love that. I've always compared these two, and I've always loved yeah, playing them back to back. I think that's great. This is it's a great opening song. That's a great pick to start with, Joe. Excellent. Yeah, like I said, I think we're all going to agree with the picks because they're not too many bad Metallica songs. Bob, what do you have for us? There oh, are man. no bad Metallica songs. No, there are some. We'll, we'll end with that. So no. just wait till we get there. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. I don't have forgiven three. Joseph might just three. made jump through the computer. I might not ever be forgiven yeah. after saying that. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So there was there was two picks. There was three three picks of mine that I was really struggling with to choose from, and I had to go with the title track on their 1986 album, Master of Puppets. It's Metallica's biggest and best song of all time. It's thrash, it's heavy metal, it's hard rock. It's one of the best fucking metal songs of all time. This is Metallica's headbanger anthem. Right from the get-go, it, it punches you in the face with a heavy riff and makes you want to bang your head. It's, it's something that you feel and you get into right off the bat. As soon as it comes on, you're turning up the volume and, and, and you're jamming to it. A lot of Metallica songs can can start off a bit slow and kind of build up to that heavy pace, uh, but not Master of the Puppets. It hits you from that opening note. I, and I love that about this song. It's 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 amazing and it, it's loud and it's right in your face from the get-go. The arrangement is just fucking amazing. It starts heavy, it stays heavy, and then it kind of breaks down around the three minute 30 mark and it gets into its first of two solos which is like slower. It's kind of that bluesy rock kind of 80s guitar solo only to kick right back into that dark, heavy riff and it builds and it builds and then it's like the baddest motherfucking metal guitar solos I think Kirk Hammett has 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 ever produced or played. It's fucking epic, dude. It, it's goddamn epic. Uh, I think that they're creating this different arrangement in this song along with the heavy riffs, along with the different style guitar solos. This is one of the only uh, Metallica songs that has two 
different distinct guitar solos in the song which makes it i think really really stand out and makes it one of the greatest of all time the music also coupled with these really dark but relatable song lyrics about manipulation about addiction about drugs about alcohol whatever is your master right you know it makes it pretty damn hard to beat i think that's what helps this song be such a standout because it's metal because it's rock, because it's relatable, because it's fucking mainstream, even though it's not meant to be. It's everything you'd want out of out of the coolest, the coolest and, and, and best and the fucking hardest Metallica songs that's out there. It's just one of those songs that depend it doesn't matter what type of music you're into, what genre of rock music you're into, when this song comes on, you're fucking jamming to it and you're turning it up and you're listening to it. This is my pick, and I think that it's it's kind of hard to beat, man. And I know we want to talk a little bit about Stranger Things and all that. I think we'll get into that at the very end. But this song by itself, and for the longest time, it's been the Headbangers anthem. I had eight bullet points on Stranger Things, so I guess we're going to have to skip all that. No, <laughs> I, when, I, when I think Master of Puppets, I think of Jim Henson. So that's – no, I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> it's time to yeah. the music. <laughs> Eddie Munson, of course, Stranger Things has helped to reinvigorate this song. I'll say that in 1986, nobody gave a shit about people who look like him, but now everybody loves this guy. So stop, all right? Everybody stop, because you didn't give a shit about him back then. This song will last throughout the end of time. If you're teaching a kid how to shoot a basketball, you show him Steph Curry videos. If you're teaching a kid or anybody how to play metal... This is the song you start off with. I mean, you can't you can't deny that. Pure Adrenaline, James Hetfield in Thrasher Magazine said, Master of Puppets deals pretty much with drugs. How things get switched around, instead of you controlling what you're taking and doing, it's the drugs controlling you. And he mentioned, I went to a party here in San Francisco. There were all these freaks shooting up and geezing, and this other girl was really sick, so it started to inspire this song. I think he must have been at Charlie Sheen's house. I don't know, but it was uh, something that inspired the song. This song was deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant enough to for preservation in the National Recording Registry by the United States Library of Congress in 2016. Pretty big deal. The first metal recording to do so. So China doesn't allow this song to be played there. That's fucking metal, right? The whole country <laughs> says, you can't play this shit here. It's going to ramp up too many people. We have billions of, of people here who don't need ramping up. Uh, once again, thanks to its use of Stranger Things, the song entered the Hot 100 for the first time in 2022. So... Like I said, I, this was a top three pick for me. I am glad, even if everybody says, well, you know, you can't go against Master of Puppets because of its relevancy right now. That's great because even if Joseph loses this argument, I lose this argument, at least people are getting to know who the fuck Metallica is. I guess you could say a whole new generation is learning about who these guys are. And if one click to Master of Puppets leads to a click to For Whom the Bell Toes or to One or to any of these other songs... It's a win for the band. It's a win for all of us. And it's a win for us fans. This is like the heavy metal. Hey, Jude, if Jude was Satan's son, uh, he kind of was, though, right? OK, <laughs> it's, one of, <laughs> it's, Latin for Satan. it's one of the best songs about drugs. Not the best. The A-Team by Ed Sheeran is the best song. No, I'm just joking. Um, anyway, why am I pissed off about this selection? So I was watching Good Morning America and they were talking about Stranger Things. And I don't know if you guys watch Good Morning America um, but they have all these stories that they try to, uh, I guess you say, connect with a certain anchors and reporters like Michael Strahan will do all the sports stories. Robin Roberts will do all the women empowerment, inspirational stories. Uh, uh, Stephanopoulos, George Stephanopoulos will do all the political stories. They had nobody to talk about metal. So who did they bring on? They brought Chris Connolly, who is like the 1990s MTV music uh, movie aficionado. 
and he looked old as shit. And so they had uh, Eddie Munson. They showed his character playing the the solo for Stranger Things. Kind of ruined it for me. So I was kind of upset for that. But they couldn't even find like a guy who has like a Metallica podcast, like named Mitch with long hair, saying, "Okay, this is what happened with Metallica and Stranger Things." No, they brought in this old guy. Where's <laughs> Matt Pinfield? <laughs> Matt Pinfield would have been great. Kurt Loder, bring out his corpse. Anybody. I think the only uh, complaints I have is that I think you could trim this song. It goes it, it goes into a very cool sort of 70s rock medieval instrumental. And so if you like dragons, you're going to love this song. You know, by the time he goes to the master, master part, there's a killer guitar solo. Then there's another verse. Then there's another chorus. Then a fadeaway last part. Then a maniacal laughter at the end. Trim the length of the song and then uh, uh, trim the Stranger Things uh, episode lengths and my life would uh, greatly improve. I fucked up on that statement. Anyway, recency bias, it, it, it's because it's huge again. But I mean, this is a great song. Like I said, it's a little bit lengthy. And uh, go ahead, Bob. I was going to say girth, but that's okay. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little lengthy for my taste, but great song nonetheless. Joseph. I was going to say before Randy said, we just like to apologize to all the metalheads that are listening to our show. I know you all don't know what Good Morning America is. Randy's a little older and he's a doctor, so it's got to bring up, you know, old people stuff. Just have to throw that out there. Okay, Joe, sorry. <laughs> Look, honestly, I'll just call it right now. People are going to say that uh, the winner is Master of Puppets. And I think a lot of that's going to have to do with uh, what's going on right now, which we'll talk about later, like we said. Part of me has mixed feelings about that, but I don't want to sound like one of those people, but we'll talk about that later. Big fan of this song. I think it's great. Obviously, it's commercial strength or, or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Potential is uh, massive at this point, as we can tell. It was massive before that. Uh, it's been used in, uh, I think, one of the funniest scenes uh, that people can remember that I think I always think about when hearing this song, as far as movies, is that scene in uh, old school when they're yes. ki- when they're kidnapping everybody. Uh, all of a yes. sudden, you know, just like let's do it, let's get the and so they decide to you know get the fraternity going, and then the fucking van comes around. And I, that bah, dun, dun, dun. I was like, it's it's great, it's a funny scene. <laughs> so obviously, it's 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 commercial potential is there, and as always, it's been there. Speaking of like, because uh, with like with my pick um, and Bob mentioning. Um, Zombieland, Zombieland 2, um, if you don't know out there, uh, the actual opening of Zombieland 2 uses this song. So it's it's really cool. I think um, that was also, um, I mean, if you stick with gold with the first one, because Zombieland was great. I thought Zombieland 2 was good. Anyway, not talking about Zombieland. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be the one, and people are going to tell me I'm crazy, but like... I, I, I know Bob talked about how the, the song is a direct punch in the face from the very beginning. You know, that first little bump, bump, bump. And then, you know, that's one of, one of the first things that him and I both tried to learn to play the guitar was that, yeah. you know, which I thankfully can still do to this day. I don't mind the the slow build up crescendo or whatever you want to call it. Is that what a crescendo is? <laughs> yes. Hey, could I say something? You guys are the first two Mexicans to not learn La Bamba for your first guitar lesson. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's right. Don't ever question my metal. Like I said, I'm going to play sleepwalk. So, 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 uh, personally, um, and master of puppets is, is probably just a phenomenal album. We talked about, uh, this briefly yesterday. This is where I think, um, where we have kill them all, where we have after that ride the lightning. And I talked about, you know, Cliff Burton a little bit on that. And we're not going to go too into detail on the genius. that was him. Uh, you can go and read about that. Cliff was teaching James and, and Lars, Hey, 
thrash and speed is awesome. But you, Cliff was like an actual musician. He yes. was a musician. You know, he studied music. And so he was bringing harmonies and, and melodies to the group. And that's, I think, prominent on this album. And that's why I say this is probably one of the greatest albums ever front to back of all time. Possibly their greatest album ever released by Metallica, but that's another discussion. And it's, it's, so I'm, I'm I really like this album, but personally, Battery is one of my favorites. I think that that build up the Spanish little guitar intro, and that's uh, a lot of that was influenced by Cliff as well, because uh, he used to carry around a, a guitar and do a lot of shit like that, you know, while they're touring. And so I like the build up of Battery and then the, you know, the kickoff. I think it's just as equally, you know, heavy and, and, and thrashing and in your face uh, as Master of Puppets, but I mean, I mean, it's Master of Puppets. It's it's a fucking great song. Uh, so it it's really hard to argue any of this. And and I think, like I said, most people are probably going to give Bob the win immediately just because of the, the you know the current situation. That, of, I don't think. Of I, I don't think. But the thing is, I don't think it's because of the current situation. I think most of the people that are going to listen to this have got, are going to be Metallica fans, and I think they could they're, they're going to be able to make a, a a pick for themselves. The one thing that I did choose, and you were talking about Cliff Burton, I think he was a big a big influence on the arrangement. I think this one has kind of a different arrangement. Like you said, we talk about certain songs start off slow and build up, like Battery. Battery was one of my other picks. I was really, really debating between the two, but I felt like Mash Pup, it starts off strong, then it slows down, then it picks back up. Then it goes into another solo. Like There's a lot of cool elements there. And, and I, I don't know, it, it, I'm sure there is, but... It's kind of hard. If, can you think of any songs and talk songs off the top of your head that have two separate solos that are two completely different sounding solos? And I, I, I can't think of one um, a song off the top of my head from Metallica that they did that. And it, it's it's kind of a cool arrangement the way they they put it all together. And that's why I chose it. It's not just it's in your face, but then it slows it down and then it builds back up and the building's kind of different. So for me at least, that, that's what swayed me to to choose it as the best. High Enough by Damn Yankees, I think, had two solos. I'm not sure. (laughs) No, it didn't. So we'll go on to my selection, and I chose One. One, which is also the title of my favorite U2 and Creed song, by the way, just uh, putting it out there. If you were to pick a song to feature for an HBO undercover, America undercover murder documentary, is there a better song than One? I mean, maybe Danzig's Mother, right? But One, I think you can't get more metal more cool than that song and my introduction to one was i didn't listen to metallica as a kid Uh, there are three videos i remember watching for the first time that were core memories for me i remember where i was what i was wearing and what they meant to me the first one i know you guys are going to laugh at this was africa by toto because that was the first time i ever went to a funeral so i remember uh, listening to the song on mtv my father saying hey you know what turn it off we got to go to this funeral and that was the first funeral i attended so i have that song every time i listen to africa i think about that first funeral i attended um, it smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana because it completely changed my life. And this song. And I avoid this song came out in 1989. I avoided this song and the video because it was so fucking scary. They would play it so late for a year. I was a chicken shit kid. I wasn't ready. They for could it. only play it at night. Yeah, they could only play it at <laughs> night. I mean, yeah, you're talking about late at night, right? I wasn't ready for Metallica. I wasn't even ready for Color Me Bad. Let's face it. So it was a, it was a seventh grade. And I, like I said, I avoided this song for a year. I attended a party uh, with my brother, my brother and his high school friends my brother would go like for barbecues and stuff and his friend had a younger brother who was a sophomore in high school and I was I was in seventh grade and I was there and the younger brother was a headbanger he had all these headbanger friends and there I was with my Lego man's haircut I had my starter jersey 
I had my legs were too long for my fat body. I was just like completely out of place. And these metalheads welcome me in. They go, "Hey, we're watching Headbangers Ball. You want to check it out with us?" And like, sure. And it was like a scene from The Lost Boys because these guys look like vampires. One guy only had one leg. They called him Tweety. Don't ask me about that guy, but Tweety, if you're listening, uh, I remember you. And I remember I had my first cigarette that night, and it was just a night I will not forget. And this video played a big part of it. Watching Metallica one with a bunch of headbangers who appreciated Metallica and. And knew about the band was just an experience for me and so that core memory is part of the reason i'm choosing this as my selection how metal do you want this song let's have a soldier have all his appendages his jaw blown out unable to move or see let's and let's get inside his mind it was their first song to chart in the billboard hot 100 peaking at 35 you can't talk about this song without talking about that epic video it was their first video so they weren't fucking around you had the band playing in black and white hair flying everywhere it looks like a satanic shampoo commercial and it's interspersed with scenes taken from the 1971 anti-war film johnny got his gun lars was unhappy with the video he didn't know what direction they were going but once he saw the final product he really appreciated the director's vision this was a 1971 movie that they used in the video uh, and for my money, the 70s were the scariest decade ever. It was the apex decade for serial killers. Uh, Faces of Death was out on, on, on VHS or whatever. Shitload of woolly chest hair exposure. I mean, it was a, a, a monstrous decade. And the song was initially written in 1987. Goes to show you how manicured and crafted this song was. The buildup was incredible, leading to a guitar duel solo to with very heavy distortion. Lars's drumming was insane. Damn it, I wish I never spoke. I, I wish he never spoke so I could still be afraid of those guys. Anyway, they conceded by editing the song by from 7 minutes and 27 seconds to for a radio play for 4 minutes and 58 seconds. The way I have to edit this podcast from 2 hours to an hour because we love talking about Metallica. Kirk Hammett has said this is one of his favorite solos. It's about the darkest aspects of life and that's being buried in, in that dark aspect was being buried alive in your own body. You cannot get more metal than that. You cannot get better than that it's a fixture at their concerts they've produced different arrangements all to a plum i can't i can only speak for myself but this is how i will always remember metallica not james headfield looking like the cowardly lion i will always remember james headfield like you know looking slim his hair just you know flying around everywhere when they had like that sort of triangle guitar solo where they're all just thrashing i mean it was amazing i think that's what metal is all about and i think it's their best song what do you guys think this is this is one of my favorite Metallica songs of all time, and I want to just throw that out there before I get into any kind of argument or what I have to say about it. I I, I always think about the 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 crazy backstory that goes along within the music video. I will disagree with you on one simple thing that you're like, how could you get any darker and crazier? Well, it's based on a fucking movie in that real life. Perils of War. But it's but it's they wrote the lyrics based off of this movie, so like. It's it not as dark as Edgar Allan fucking Poe, like in From Whom the Bell Tolls. But I yeah, I digress. I can move on for that. Okay. I remember, I remember, I listening to the song, playing it religiously throughout high school, learning how to play the guitar, jamming to it all the time. I love the fact that it's really, really heavy, especially at the end, and that little guitar solo that he does. I fucking think that's uh, that's that's really epic. Uh, it do, it is slow, and then it builds, and it's slow, and then it builds, and it's slow, and then it builds, and it gets into like that crazy ending part. So it's it's a long building process, but I, it's it's still one of my my favorite of all time, like you want to drum along with with yes. uh, with Lars's man, it's fucking crazy. It's awesome. Again, this is one of my favorite favorite songs. I love the solo. Again, Kurt Hammett is probably one of the most underrated guitarists of all time. 
uh, he should be talked about more with, with, with some of the greats, the, the kind of solos and product he's put out there. It's just, it's just, uh, man, it, it's really is second to none. I love the song. I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it because it's one of my favorite songs. It, it's definitely a builder. And I, and I love that, man. You know, I, I, I love the songs that build and it builds and it gets better and it gets better as it goes on and gets better and better and builds up. So it, it's one of those crazy songs, man. And I, I think that it's, you can't be wrong with either one of our picks, man. Any one of For those, sure. if we were forced to pick, you, you, just, you can't go wrong. They're all just amazing, amazing Metallica songs. You know, I, I this song, uh, when, when we first, like when we were like, okay, let's let's do this episode. Um, one of the first songs that came to mind was this one. Uh, Randy called it pretty quick. So we we're like, and I had no problem with that. I mean, I can understand why you picked it. Uh, I thought about it myself. I, like I've said, uh, this is uh, probably one of the, aside from the Load album, uh, when I bought this album, you know, the second album of Metallica that I, you know, immersed myself into. And hearing this song, I remember when it came out, uh, came on, you know, the track came up and, and hearing that intro, that intro was so good. It's open, slow guitar. It it wasn't what I had expected after listening to the first, uh, I think it's... Uh, what is it like the fourth song off the album? Yeah, fourth song. Uh, it wasn't what I expected after hearing Black End and, and Justice for All and then I Have the Beholder and then all of a sudden you know one kicks in and it's just you know what where are we going with this? And it was so fucking good. Uh, the the when he when James James lyrics and and the the tone of his voice, uh, the singing that he did for this one, it's it's epic. In in doing the research and looking at different lists and pe- what people put together and whatnot, different ma- magazine publishings. To be honest with you, our, our three picks were all in the top five in you know about uh, four out of five of those lists. So I thought that was really cool. It's obviously a staple, like you mentioned. I mean, we've heard it live. I got to hear it live. It was one of the greatest things ever. And when that fucking you know when they get into the part where the the machine gun drumming so to speak mm-hmm. starts coming in and lars uh you know i didn't know where we were going i just remember like hearing the song and it's kind of trailing off and it's kind of trailing off a little bit and the, the distortion's kicking up a little bit and then you hear the you hear the drums start like you know just in the background subtly hearing them back there and then and then it's just fucking like like you said that part where they're just like where they're all in the video which is awesome seeing them all with the the synchronized head banging yeah Oh, metal Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so fucking cool. You, luckily, you have a visual for this, uh, which adds to it. Me, uh, Bob's, and, and my pick uh, didn't have that luxury, but there's some great live video of, of the band performing each of those songs. And, and that's kind of where I took uh, my argument seeing them. Uh, I got no real bad shit. I can't, like, I didn't say, I didn't, I don't think I said anything bad about battery excuse me about master puppets yes, i just yes, your attitude said it your body language <laughs> uh like this and and the same can go for for one uh it's the best song off the album obviously even though i love the other songs and and like i said this is a, a an album near and dear to me it's a great fucking song it's it's uh we were kind of getting into this different um and i talked about this uh with bob after Master of Puppets, when Master of Puppets was released, and, and I, I kind of said this um, a little bit earlier, Cliff was having this influence on on the band. And and then I talked to, when I was talking to Bob yesterday, you know, after he passed, this was his last, al- Master of Puppets was his last album with him. Uh, you definitely see a tone shift with Injustice for All. And I think it had to do with, obviously, the death of, of Cliff. And I'm sure you've read about it. And Justice for All, you, the, the drum tracks were kind of, 
toned down. So a lot of people say like you can't really hear Jason drumming. It's his first album with with Metallica. Uh, excuse me, J- uh, excuse me, Jason playing the bass. You can't really yeah. hear. I but I thought like you know what it, it it was a great like way for them to come back come back from from the Master of Puppets album to and and I think you you hear a little bit of anger in all of it and you hear that in this song and just dealing with their feelings I, I I'm I'm just you know throwing different things about how I feel about this song but yeah uh, great song um, fuck man I don't know why we do this topic <laughs> I know right <laughs> I mean we do it because we want to do it but it's like how do we even fucking do it speaking of you you were just talking about the the Injustice for album and after losing Cliff and all that stuff uh, I saw an interview this week where Jason New said was like pissed off because Lars turned down like a lot of the yeah. bass <laughs> and a lot of the songs and Jason mm-hmm. New was like what the fuck man like uh, in the Injustice uh, for All album and you know it's something that Lars never would have been able to get get away with if Cliff Burton was was still no. you know in the band everything like that. I thought that that was kind of funny that Jason New said was like <laughs> like he heard one of the songs when it came out he's like wait what the fuck <laughs> hear the man like where's my fucking bass line you can barely even hear it. Let me ask you guys this as two guys who have seen the band live you've seen them once twice how I've, many t- I've seen them twice I'm at the X Games once. and I saw them at the Alamo Dome. Okay. Thankfully at least seen them the once and I will Joseph see them again. Still hate, he's mad at me because I've seen him more than. Him. No, okay. I, but I don't care. But I will see them again. You're mad. Let me let me let me ask you guys this: <laughs> Which is the song? And, and it completely unbiased. Which is the song that the fans went absolutely apeshit for the most? That that once the opening chord started, they everybody was completely just full throttle. You know, metalhead fan base just went crazy. Shit, uh, it's either and, and this is no bullshit. It, it was either from whom the Beltos or Master of Puppets. Why not one? Because <laughs> it starts up very slow, Randall. No, it, it got a good reaction. It did. It for at least from the the. That's, what, that, that's when they, when they play when they started playing one. Everybody yeah, started they, lighting up their 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 joints. They kick, they kicked that off with a with a a, a video, uh, you know, on the screens of like um, cut and paste stuff of. Uh, of war and, yeah. and you know the, the the beginning of the song so throughout the album excuse me throughout the arena we're hearing like the the gunfire that you know like in, in explosions and and i think they even had some pyrotechnics if i remember correctly mm-hmm. um but yeah i remember when that song kicked in and, and when it was quiet and then all of a sudden we heard um james kick off the opening chords and and, and the crowd did go crazy too i think Honest, and maybe because it was the end of the night, maybe they save it to the end of the night when when they find when they find because they played Enter Sandman last. Oh, okay. And they when they when so they were like, yeah, thank they you, do- and then they did, and then they hear the encore. Everybody like fucking. I heard like the roar. I mean, but we heard the roar all night, so it's really hard to say. To be honest with you, all the songs are great, though. I don't, I don't want to, you know, just highlight one song. I think each song means something to everybody. And I want to ask you guys this about the history and the lineup. You guys mentioned Cliff, and as we all know, Cliff Burton tragically died. It was a bus tour accident, right, guys? Yes. yes. Yeah, the bus flipped over, and I think him and Kirk had flipped for the bunk, and Cliff yeah. took the top bunk, and mm-hmm. you know he was lying, and um, you know the bus was on him. The the bus driver tried to pull the blanket off. James got pissed off and yeah. lost one of his best yeah, friends. Really sad, yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts on on them losing Cliff and then having to move on from that? I think it's really, and when we speak about this band and how much we like them, this band has had to, and and one the first the first way the lineup change. People call this lineup the classic lineup, but at this point in their career, each bass player has been with the band for at least ten plus years. At yeah, each, I believe Ron Gubb too. It, it's, 
No, well, not him. Actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dave but, but 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 you know, each lineup has had at least like their its own like generation. So it's, yeah, it's really like, weird. Like how it's not like, like an identity, like right? You, yeah, like so each lineup has had its own identity. I mean, it's it's really always been. And we and I just say this like real quick. Uh, I told Bob about this. I know, you know, Mustaine has his own thing going with Megadeth, and I think everybody and people and Megadeth's cool. I think. In the end, whether and hopefully he sees it now. I don't think he saw it then. What happened with him was probably the best thing for him. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's he's yeah, got a, a great career. He's got a great career. He's got his, his own thing going with Megadeth. It was the best thing for Metallica. I mean, it it was. It's sad how it happened, but it happened. I just, as far as you know, the lineups. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, is Dave, is Dave rambled, still? He rambled. No, no, no. You're good because I want to ask you a follow up to to both you guys. Is Dave still bitter or has he grown from? Because I remember he was accusing I, I believe, Kirk of like stealing in, his in, wrist in, and, in some in some kind time, of monster. Yeah, in some kind of monster. He was he was pretty bitter and he had a one on one conversation with Lars in front of like, that was, a therapist. You know, that was part of the it therapy. Was pretty, it was pretty intense. That he was like, you know, I remember that. Like, For, he, he seemed pretty bitter and like pissed off at himself too. So you know it. For the cameras or, or whatever you want to call it, it sounds, it seems like they've patched everything up. They've toured, they've done the big four shows, which was uh, Slayer, Megadeth, Metallica, and Anthrax. Anthrax, yeah. thank you. And they've performed together on stage, you know. Um, so I, at least in the public eye, it seems like they're good. I believe, uh, you know, the that the band members of Metallica have worked out their own personal deal. I know they still struggle, mainly James, but it seems like they're all in a good place, and I think that's that's cool. I think that's really good for the fans. I think that losing uh, uh, Cliff Burton at that certain point in time, it may have been the transit. I mean, like I feel bad for James Hetfield. He he, you know, his dad left when he was thirteen, and then his mom died of cancer when he was sixteen. Then he loses his best friend at what twenty four, twenty five. It, it might have been the thing, like you know, like it brought a shitload more pain, dude. That that I'm sure he was dealing with, but it may have helped him to grow and mature, and all those angry lyrics and creating these these awesome hard dark riffs that you know i'm sure it's a lot of pain and shit that that's behind it but it helped him i mean it was a creative force for him i i hope that he used it for that but they've definitely evolved and grown and they had a different sound with cliff like they had a different sound with jason and they have a different sound now with with trujillo uh but i i really like i mean uh, i really like rob ben he, he's got a great little attitude and he keeps him young and he's yeah. he's fucking fun on stage and he plays the bass like a goddamn champ so i i, I, I think, think it's a cool evolution as far as I, bass is concerned I, in the music. i think he's an awesome combination of, of both cliff and and, and and Jason, to be and his his you. son, his son's in a rock band too. His right? son, his son yeah. is a a full on musician. Musician, he's played. He's a young kid too, and he's filled in on bass. I know for Corn uh, a few times. Uh, he's gone played a few shows for uh, to fill in for Fieldy. Um, and actually, I believe he's the one who did the guitar work for Stranger Things. Stranger he's Things, the yeah. one that's playing the guitar. It's not a. It's not a like a, them just dubbing or the guy you know playing the guy, the guy. The guy he learned how to play it. He learned how to play it. So he's there playing it on the guitar. But the real sound is, is Trujillo's boy. I wow, yeah. that's news to me. I did yeah. not know yeah. that. Yeah, cool. like like uh, Eddie Munson did learn how to play. It. They actually have him video of him playing it, and he knows how to play it. But. Like you get, you want to get the quality sound shit. You on Guitar Hero or real life? <laughs> no, 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 no. 
<laughs> Man, that's impressive. I thought it was just a dub from the from the no. original. Wow, that's that's yeah. cool. That's awesome. Um, guys, what is Metallica's legacy? I mean, we know they're one of a kind. We know they found a secret to break through. When I say Metallica, what do you guys think about? What is you their say, legacy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Metallica, they're going to go down say. as as the the greatest. I think they're going to go down as the greatest like metal rock band of all time. Man, I, I, there's no. I don't think there's even a fucking debate about it. You know, Ozzy in Black Sabbath, oh. they're, I mean, they're just an amazing band. And I think they were the Kickstarters for that type of genre of music. But Metallica, thrash metal, heavy metal, they're going to be the heavy metal greats of all time, the goats of all time. And I don't think anybody's going to be able to hold a candle to them because of the longevity, because of the number one hits. I know that they're they're the only rock band to have a hard rock song, number one hard rock song in four different decades. I mean, that is just a fucking accomplishment in itself. And, and they're continuing to do it. They're making a new album. They're releasing. When are they releasing the new album, Joseph? I'm not 100% sure. I just know that they're working on it. They're working <laughs> on one right now. And it's just, they're, they're timeless, man. I just think that they're, they're amazing. And I don't think anybody can really hold a candle to them because of that longevity and because of the, the great product they're continuing to put out. Or at least that's what, I'm sorry. I just want to clarify for all the. Metallica enthusiast, uh, uh, historians. That's a good word. I, the last I read was they were already kicking around the ideas. I don't know how much of that is on tape or anything. So I think, uh, you, go ahead, Joseph. No, I was just going to say, I, I agree with Bob. Uh, in my opinion, the greatest uh, metal band of all time. I, I know that's a highly debated topic among uh, metalheads, but I believe they are. Like Bob said, the longevity, the, the continued, I, I, I at least, um, you know, God willing, uh, I have not no no signs of slowing down. Uh, the same intense sound and performance uh, live to this day, decades later. Uh, and I know there's other bands that they can do that. I I saw Slayer, and and they still you know bring it. But uh, I, along with the commercial success, I guess, and and that's we're going to be where some people are going to be like, well, that's fucking, you know, that's not metal, you know, the commercial success of it. But you know what? Like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> I'm so angry too. this whole time. Like I yeah, fucking love, anger. I, I love <laughs> I love Slayer and I love Metallica, but the biggest difference is Metallica is like there's an evolution of music where they are still sound like we talked about at the beginning, where they still sound like Metallica, but they have. Different songs and different, I mean, uh, fast, uh, medium, slow, thrash, heavy, dark, hard rock, kind of throwback uh, garage sound, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Acoustic. They, they have a lot of different, I mean, fucking No Leave Clover, whatever that was with the orchestra. They've done it all and they've they've thrived, man, through it all. So I think they're just, they're untouchable, man. One of the things that uh, having, you know, the ability to own their own music and, and owning it all and releasing it all on their own. I've seen Metallica once in my life, and I am so thankful for that. Years years later, after hearing them for the first time and, and seeing it with one of my best friends, Bob, was, I, I like you too, Randy. You're my you know one of my best <laughs> friends too. But <laughs> but seeing it with uh, you know being able to see it with one of my best friends and and I was at the I was at the Hootie and the Blowfish concert that uh, to to be Without able to you, having to a blast to see them you know live. I was so thankful, and one of the coolest things that that they do that I think, and this is why like, this just only adds to how fucking awesome they are to, and to their fans. I have a CD of said performance. He's Metallica live, Metallica live, June 14th, 2017, San Antonio, Texas. They actually, you can actually go buy a digital copy, a physical copy 
of almost every show. And so to, to have this album, this CD of my first show, being able to listen to it and, and, and remember, and this is kind of what, how I, what I talked about when the songs and, and the arguments, I went back and I listened to the For Whom the Bell Tolls performance and hearing it like, and remembering the experience. And it was so fucking cool. And I just, I just really think it's awesome that you can do this, that this band does this for their, for their fans. Uh, if you haven't seen them live, obviously, if you can go, if you've seen them live before, go back and maybe find that out, that performance, and you can go buy it and relive that. And I like to do that sometimes. I like to put that album on and just relive those memories in my head. You have to be such a top tier band to be synonymous with a genre. Nirvana is synonymous with, uh, you know, grunge. What are some other examples? Led Zeppelin synonymous with with just hard rock. Yeah, Pink Floyd psychedelic. Pink yeah. Floyd psychedelic. Uh, Michael McDonald yacht rock. Whatever you know. <laughs> I mean, they're to be synonymous with. Be there. To be synonymous, <laughs> to have the fucking name metal in your band and be synonymous as the best heavy metal band to ever live. I mean, it's 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 all right there. I want to wrap up, guys, with one last question because we got to end this in a fun way. What is the worst Metallica song? Because we know they got some stinkers. <laughs> I knew we were going to ask that. I knew we were gonna that was a question that. by Bob, by the way. But <laughs> What go ahead. is the worst Metallica song? I got mine. Do you want me to share ahead, mine? Go ahead, go ahead, we go know ahead, what yours was. So mine is, well, Unforgiven 3 is one of the worst three, but I would say I Disappear from the Mission oh, Impossible. I fucking Hell, love it. No, no, that's a bad song. <laughs> It's it's a total no, money grab. Look, Tom Cruise hasn't been human since 1989, so he has he takes all the he makes all the Kick calls in all his movies. So I'm sure he said, "Who's a big band that I last time I was human they were big Metallica." So he gets Metallica in there. They do a Mission Impossible two song. It's heavy, but not really. I don't really get it. There's a lot of hey hey yeah. It's like 33 percent of the lyrics. Go back to singing about drugs and death. So I just I hate this song. I don't like the song. What do y'all picks? I don't really have. I don't really have. A, don't put me on the spot with the I, only one. I, really, I don't really have one, man. So I mean, if anybody wants to yell at Rand, I mean, his, his number is nine. Bob, is there is there a okay? Let me let me try to to help you, Bob, because this is how I was gonna try to think about it. Is there a song that if you're listening to like a, a Metallica playlist on YouTube, uh, Amazon, whatever it may be, uh, Apple? Is there one that you that like? I'll, I'll skip this one. Yeah, it's it's like um, I, I it's not that like you don't like it. It's, it's like Mama, or that it's bad. Like you just maybe skip like it. like Mama said. Oh, I have like, to hear that. It's song, a, it's a very <laughs> sad song, but like it's not the song I want to listen to when I want to listen to Metallica. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense to you? Uh, okay, uh, I, I really like that's I, as best as we can go, Randy. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's the best I can give you. Like you know, Mama said is a really sad and touching song, and it's great lyrics. It really is a great song, but when I want to listen to Metallica, I listen to fucking Battery or Seek and Destroy. I don't want to listen to Let My Heart Go. I don't want to listen. To <laughs> uh, for me, it would it would it would be um, uh, Shoot Me Again from from Saint Anger. Uh, I I can usually skip that one. You know, and I'm sure you don't. You probably don't a lot of. Well, you, you I don't should, know that song. Invisible Kid. Invisible, <laughs> invisible Kid wasn't that it wasn't that great for me. I like Invisible Kid. I mean, I, I, some I, kind I, of monster was a great song from. I think I think the St. Anger album is... Look, I think people don't like it because of the drum tones. So if the drum tones were normal, I think a lot of people would like those songs. Maintain the Unnamed Feeling. Tones. The Unnamed Feeling is a great song. Uh, All Within My Hands. I love to hear that one. That one I think is awesome when they play that one live. Uh, Frantic is a great fucking song. You know? Yeah, Frantic's fucking awesome. Uh, so that, that album, I think, just... Like I said, it's going to be the drum tones that Seems people don't say. But the Lulu that. shit. I was going to say, real quick, the Lulu album, we... 
That's Lou Reed and Metallica. So that's that. That doesn't count. That, that doesn't. doesn't that's nowhere here near here. That's not what even what on did the you radar. Think of, what did you think of No Leaf Clover? Great song. No Leaf Clover, I like. What's that? Give me fuel, give me fire. What's the name of that song? Fuel. Fuel. I don't like. I didn't like that song. <laughs> I don't like that song either. It's too fire. Give me dabba dabba zah. <laughs> yeah, but, I was asking. I was asking. Uh, uh, Create a little pill. I was asking her. I was like, "So, give me some. What are your What are your uh, honorable mentions?" She was like, "Whiskey in the jar." I was like, "It's that's not their one. song." No, but it's like, a good cover. I was like, "Yeah, but it's not their song." Pick another one. Fuel. And I was like, "God damn it! Can you give me a good?" One? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Well, fuck you, anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, I was like, "I, I, yeah, Fuel is actually cool." When we went to go see, me and her went to go see uh, Metallica at at the X Games. And and uh, James comes on. And he's like, uh, "Will the owner of uh, will Tony Hawk, the owner of your car, please move your car? It's about to get towed." And then he goes into fuel, real fucking loud with flames, and it was pretty badass way to start the show. So it's you a know, to wrap up, and you guys expertly talked about the turmoil they went through, losing you know James, losing his his parents, or, and you know losing his best friend. And then having to top that off, having to open for Guns N' Roses and put up with Axl Rose's bullshit. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about that last night. We were like, we were like, uh, I think there's Newstead. Howard Stern calls her ass out. Yeah, Newstead said in an interview, uh, we learned what not to do as a band when we were tur- when they were touring with them. And I don't think it was Slash. I think it was fucking the Prima no, Donna. It, no, they, they they specifically yeah. said Axl. Oh, they were oh like, God. that Axl would would like. Like cancel shows because like uh, and Newstead said this he was like Axel would be like oh, I can't perform today my 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 voice is uh is bothering me he and that he would say that while smoking a cigarette and drinking fucking liquor and I was like well <laughs> what the fuck man you know so yeah I mean <laughs> yeah exactly excellent show any last words on Metallica uh, real quick like thirty I, seconds I, thirty seconds just real quick man I'm I'm glad yeah. we actually got to talk about this this is. My favorite rock band growing up, you know, it's it's, it's better than STP and Nirvana than and everything. <laughs> this better than you. This is my favorite rock band growing up, and it still continues to be my favorite rock band. Like if I want to listen to hard rock, it's Metallica. It always will be. Going back and listening to all the songs this week, I was reminded of how great this fucking band is, and I hope that Stranger Things does that thing where a new generation of kids and teens listen to this and they're like that's pretty fucking cool and they check out the catalog and they become new fans because metallica it, it should endure and it should it should live on and we should have every generation of kids should know at least one metallica song Just i'll me. add to that real quick i hope like bob said i hope the tiktok generation doesn't just do tiktok videos with uh, master puppets to be trendy i hope you at least take the time to appreciate the musicianship behind those you know i i i was i was a little on the fence about it hearing but i know uh, it seems that a lot of stranger things fans are also metallica fans so i i know there's the casual fan the tiktok fans that i'm saying that i'm talking about please at least give it a chance and please just don't make it a trendy thing. Cause like Bob said, uh, you all have no idea how in, you know, enduring this band is and, and amazing. And I love to see young fans, new fans. So please take the time. Uh, one of the greatest things is, I'm sorry, I know I've, I've gone more than 30 seconds, but one of the greatest things is when we're hanging out okay. and we're listening, <laughs> we're listening to Metallica songs and hearing um, Bob's son say, Oh, this is a good song. When like, you know, uh, yes. now, you know, so it's it's one of the greatest things ever hearing hearing uh, my nephew, Bob's son, say like, oh, this is a good song or oh, I like this song when like, a, you know, a particular Metallica song comes on. It's, it's 
So awesome. I I think one of the best things going on to Stranger Things, uh, you know, trend, uh, the band put out a statement and said, whether you've been a, a fan for 40 minutes or you've been a band for 40 years, we welcome everybody. Yeah, and I, I think that's the maturity where they were such an exclusive thrash metal band for such an exclusive audience. I think this was the next step of their legacy. Uh, one of the biggest shows in the world showcases one of their most popular songs, and it's introducing it to an entire new generation. And I think that is just so incredible for the band. And then lastly, I'll say this, one of the biggest gifts of this podcast, other than having to, you know, getting the opportunity to talk to you guys uh, throughout the week is having myself sort of like these episode topics are like a gift because I haven't listened to Metallica in a long time. And all this week I was listening to Metallica and I was like, wow, I forgot how great they fucking were. I know you guys listen to them on a consistent basis. I don't. And I was listening to them and I was like, oh my God, this is such a great song. And I forgot about this song. I haven't heard this song in 30 years. And it was just such a great gift to get reacclimated with them. And uh, it it made this show to me uh, one of the most, uh, you know, I look forward to it so much. I want to, I want to just add one statement for anybody who's listened this far and it's a big Metallica fan and they're fans of our pod. I'm going to do a little challenge here. You can send us on Instagram if you're friends with us on Instagram. You know, if you're not friend us, anybody who sends us, whoever sends us the best James Headfield impression, because you can send us a message with your voice. I will send you a new limited edition formidable opponents koozie. So we want all y'all, male, female, who doesn't matter who it is, give us your best James Headfield impression. Send us a direct message on on Instagram or on Facebook, and if it's good, the best one, we'll shout you out, and, and we will send you a, a, one of our koozies. Great idea, Bob. Actually, you could email that impression to formidableopponents at gmail.com. Put it in an MP3 file. We'd love to feature it during our next episode. I think that's a great idea. And we will say yeah, and, and if you don't know how to do that because you're old, we'll record it off of Instagram. All good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we <laughs> we'll figure something. out a way to do it. We'll fig- just yeah. send it to us and we'll figure out the rest. And, yeah. and that's a great idea, Bob. And that's our show, everyone. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear those James Hetfield impressions. Hit us up and let us know what your favorite Metallica song is. Most importantly, let us know what you think about the show. You may reach us at formidableopponents at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok by searching for Formidable Opponents. Also, please rate us on Apple and Spotify. Those really help us out. And we want to thank Creative Little Pill for the great artwork. And we'll be back in two weeks. We're going to take a break next week. We'll be back in two weeks with a special guest, and we will be debating best song by an actor. That's going to be a fun topic. So for Bob and Joseph... We'll see you all in two weeks. La da 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 da. Please say hello. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs>